Good day, dear listeners. Steve here. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to the Baked and Awake podcast. Before we begin, a bit of a heads up for new listeners. On this show, week in and week out, we don't just talk about cannabis. We frequently partake of it as part of the fabric of the show. For this reason, as well as some colorful language and, at times, sensitive subject matter, make this show pretty unsuitable for children and minors. That's not to say that I go out of my way to use excessive adult language or that I engage in reckless smoking behaviors just for the shock value. In fact, quite the opposite. Please, be aware that this show is about, before all else, cannabis, conspiracies, and you. Thank you for listening to this message, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, Murder Puppets. Do you like Murder Most Bow? Do you like gory details? Do you love dark humor that offsets the horror? If you do, then come and check us out, the Gory Gals of the Color Me Dead podcast. We drop new episodes every Wednesday because on Wednesdays we wear murder. Adopt, don't shop, and stay Stay out out of chalk lines. All right. That was a short promo from the ladies over at the Color Me Dead podcast. Your hosts there, Angel and Nikki, are ridiculously funny, shockingly well-researched, at times really detailed and hardcore. So as they indicated, have your big boy and, and or big girl pants on when you listen. But if you're a true crime fan, definitely you should listen to Color Me Dead. Check them out. Uh, super briefly before we jump into the actual content of the show, uh, just wanted to give you a little bit of an unscripted, uh, reintro. This is my friend Nate Lopez, local Seattle comic, returning for his second visit to the show, uh, of what I hope to be many more in the future. We already have plans for more than one additional upcoming conversation on diverse topics that I can't wait to tackle with him. So uh, we are going to break this conversation that we have today up into two parts, and I am going to try to shape the episode for you so that it wraps up at around the 60-minute mark. I may let it go a few minutes over or a couple minutes short as the uh, breaks in the conversation allow. Um, We're going to talk mostly about Nate's background and time as a professional mixed martial arts fighter. Uh, in this episode, so if that's not really your cup of tea, maybe give it, you know, the first few minutes and see what, you know, what level we're going into with it here, because it is kind of a general overview and more of a, you know, look at Nate and getting to know Nate and who he is today, Uh, and that's part of who he is and has shaped, you know, his personality and outlook in a lot of ways, as we'll come to find out together. All right. Other than that, man, thank you as always, everybody, for listening. I guess the final note will be I'm going to do my very best to engineer my sound levels across this whole episode pretty consistently, but I'm trying to push our overall volume up slightly in both initial recording and in my post-production. The better to make it possible for those of you who might be listening in the car or in busier environments, louder environments, such as work, to be able to potentially hear it on a speaker or, you know, better over your headphones without necessarily having to max your device's volume. So, I don't know, let me know how it sounds overall, and hopefully we're getting a little better all the time at that part of the exercise. All right. All right, here we go. Jumping in. Me and Nate Lopez, chopping it up. Enjoy the episode. We'll talk to you soon. 
do that unless they had to do it. Yeah, because they had to fucking do it. Nobody's doing that because they want to do that yeah. to their kids because they're trying to save money. No, no. Because no. they think it's, it's a great idea. You know, like, geez, man, I should call my mom and tell her I'm sorry about that fucking shit. <laughs> you should. You know. Oh, look, we got a better graphic on this one. Oh, I like that. That sounds pretty Because you know what? Yeah. And I've already peed, so it's not going to fuck with me. Boom. <laughs> there we go. All right. But you know what? You know why I can hear everything? Nate. Because we're not connected to the fucking jam. <laughs> Is it going to fuck with everything? That would be fine. Watch. Bang. All right. I think we're now out of necessity. Should be back to. Let's just check the button and see what it thinks it's doing. Output USB codec. Input USB codec. That's what we want. Sounds like some like nerd foreplay shit right there. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. All codecs yes. are um, optimized. All, all, all sorts of plug in, pull out, interfacing repeat. properly. Yes. Exactly. Don't make eye contact, please. With the um, orifice. <laughs> oh, that sounds dirty. <laughs> Don't look at my orifice. Prevert. Okay. Um, getting there. Getting there. And we're gonna do that so we can see both at the same time. Okay, and uh, <laughs> all right. So you got your drink. Yep, my drink. And you got your, uh, you got your num nums. Yeah, got my num nums. So you can nosh as we go, and they shouldn't yep. be too loud. I'll nosh my ass off. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I am gonna roll one while we go because we puffed that little little guy, and I think it's a stub now. It's a stub. We're certainly not going any further with that guy while we're. That was very tasty. Out though, very tasty. That was some tasty weed, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back. Nate Lopez. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Good to have you back. Good to have you back. Um, we're going to give you your full intro in just a second, but listeners who remember you from just a couple episodes ago will already know who, who you are and what they're in for. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I guess this is episode like 33. So three episodes ago, I graced you people with my craziness. There we go. Of, uh, of, of the Baked and Awake podcast. So welcome back, everyone. Uh, as well, and if anybody cares, the Brewers are losing to or beating the Mariners two to zero. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, and Preci is in, you know, spring training. Doesn't really matter, but it's I'm just sick of hearing Mariners losing. Jeez, guys. Ay ay ay. <clears throat> the Milwaukee Brewers, no less. I forgot that was even. Still, I, I forgot I about that. Say, are they still like, a major league baseball? I team? guess, man. Maybe uh, not. Maybe they're like in the minors and they're just beating up on the Mariners right now. I don't know. Break. Unbelievable. Gosh, it's not even a fun Bozos. name. The Brewers. Don't we have? Don't we have Griffey's in management these days, too? That's recent, and I don't know if that's more for, like, morale. They better get to work. Or get rid of Felix. People are going to hate me for that, but, aye, I mean, dude, aye, Felix aye. is like... Yeah, don't bring that hate down on my podcast. No, we saying, don't even talk sports around Felix here. Now I'm like, have a bunch of like me with, heads me with like here. exercise and picking up on women. My better days are behind me, too. But I'm good for morale, and I have a lot to offer the team. Well, <laughs> on that note, this is not a sports show. There you go. I mean, I was going to say, I probably don't have a um, modern framework for what Felix looks like on the field these days in terms of, you know, versus his heyday. I certainly watched a few. Definitely uh, looks like he's eating some tacos. Oh, jeez. That's ouch. okay. Ouch. All right. Sorry. Bless your heart, Felix. You've done a lot for everybody. Have, don't worry about have, it. Brother. Right? Nobody's mad at you. You're still the king. Nobody's mm, mad at you. I guess. Except for Nate Lopez, apparently. So. Oh, come on now. <laughs> I'm not mad at him. I'm just like, come on, man. All right, all right. Uh, let's see here. What was I going to do? You know what? We'll leave all the uh, all the um, T public and et cetera reminders and all that silliness for the end. That is absolutely fine. Yes. Because um, I do have a couple little small things that I want to uh, tell people about, including something new that's kind of fun. But um, so let's see. Going off the top of my head, 
um, you know, we're uh, virgin on uh, becoming pals now. We we met recently <coughs> online. Uh, Nate reached out to me. He's a local Seattle comic these days. This is true. Uh, had listened to the podcast and was, uh, you know, pumped about whatever we were doing over here and was like, I want to come talk weed with you. And I know I got some shit yeah, to talk no, about. <laughs> I got some fun stories. Yeah. Uh, and I want to come, you know, do that, you know, yeah. do this podcast thing. Do you do that? And I was like, well, <laughs> funny you should ask. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I haven't done a lot of that, but let's do that. Let's no, try that. Cause it is good. And I, and, um, I really enjoy these episodes too, that are a little, I, I have my, my monotone pace storytelling episodes mm-hmm. or news relating episodes, sure. whatever we want to call those. Uh, and that's a lot different of a podcast hour then this hour will be sure yeah so but um nate's a local seattle comic and that that is to say you know live stand-up comic uh and uh i've been able to uh, go out once recently and see him before his uh prior visit and definitely looking forward to going out oh yeah and seeing more stand-up because aside from yes it was cool to see you and yes you're a pretty funny guy and that is you know for sure the the concept of what we understand of when we turn on the tv and watch stand-up is Mm -hmm. all absolutely what people expect I I was really impressed with how different it felt to be in the room oh, yeah. for that. I've been that was, that was like that was like bands. going to like a training for a fight, like watching. That that's was like cool wa- too. That's like watching. That was cool too. Uh, you know, two guys spar hard in a dirty, nasty. There you go. So the night I went different. to was an open mic night, and there were a lot of um, fairly seasoned comics yeah. in the mix. In addition to the new there people, there was a first who timer. You, you got to see yep. a first timer. Yep. He did very well that night. I know so that was great. Time. We got everybody. I got yeah, the whole got experience, the whole deal. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And uh, that yeah, first timer was very impressive. He wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. He was like real deadpan. He was nervous. You could tell, but it was like he went up there and he just delivered. Yeah, he's been doing that shit in parties and for sure. living rooms forever yeah. in front so, of his mirror like yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah, that's good it was cool to see that man that was that, that was see and you know, we most don't people remember don't do his name either i know we'll help him out as later. good as he did he's the kind of guy you'll see him around for there sure and, and uh but yeah it was really cool that you were able to to witness that before going to like you know a, a, a major headlining event down at seattle underground or at parlor or right. um parlor, yeah, parlor live you know where they have the bigger Which I want to do next because I want to feel yeah. the energy of that exactly. room. Exactly. And the funny part is, what people see on Netflix specials and Comedy Central specials and HBO, whatever. Whenever you see those specials, that's still not what the guys are doing at the smaller clubs. Even like the the, the big clubs out here, the Improv. It's it's the big time people are. St- it's, that's their open mic, pretty much in a sense. They're still trying stuff out. But they're so good that they're going to just kill anyways because people are paying to see them. So it's it's kind of half the battles already won. Like when um. Yeah, While sure. Nate's telling this story, I'm rolling us up a, <laughs> uh, a little doobie of some Lake of Fire. So Lake of just Fire. Getting, getting that so done. Fun. Like Doug, you know, I'm, I'm sure you, you like Doug Benson. He's absolutely oh, yeah. he's fine. Oh, yeah. He he's comes out here every so often. Oh, yeah. Getting Doug with Stoned. Getting Doug like with that. High, man. <laughs> there oh. you go. Sorry, Doug. If, you, if, you, sorry, if anybody on here hasn't watched oh, Getting Doug with High on YouTube, <laughs> you have to watch those yeah. with Joey Coco Diaz because he is oh, yeah. fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. He has Uncle been on Joey, there, man. Huh? Yep. Mad Flavor. Shout yeah. out to Mad Flavor. Yeah. He's the man. Yeah, that guy, I love that guy. He's like your dirty, fucked up uncle. <laughs> this is awesome. His podcast is really Oh, the church was happening now. Yes, yeah. it's good. It's he's good. super good, man. He's just like a, he's just a raw. And Mike, Mike Comedy, he's one of the comics that I, I put into my, you know, people go, I, I kind of model. I don't model myself necessarily after him, but I am a storytelling comic. So mm-hmm. there's, there's comedians that go up and do, you know, Set up punch, set up punch, set up punch. Me, I'm more of a storyteller. Mm-hmm. So when I'm at open mics, I'm telling a long, fucking long-winded story. And every time, I usually have about a month. And every time I go out, I'm trying to shave it and shave it and shave it and mm-hmm. shave it and shave it. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. not so long-winded. Well, those set up punch people, it's great. They're amazing because they're they're also telling a story. Yeah, they just have an incredible ability to do that. Like it's like those um, internet posts, which is like you know. Tell the scariest story you can in one sentence. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. or and they're just, they have a brain like that. They you can know, just, they can just kind of just improv it like so fucking really cool. good. Like, I remember, um, uh, you know, Mitch Hedberg. He was a, the king of yep. the one liner. Yeah, you know, yep. and and he had his own style that no one's ever been able to do. But he right. just it was his way, man. You know, and it's all beautiful. It's all be- it's art, man. It's all art. So, um, you know, you're all about comedy these days all pretty right. much we, yeah we had a great conversation last time you were here uh on episode 30 if we're not mistaken yeah, right was, now, yeah, I, I remember it was. it was episode 30 i felt special uh so um about your time in the california medical cannabis industry <clears throat> yeah and uh told a really fun story that uh i think you know will uh 
be fun to listen to for a long time to come too yeah. about getting raided back then. So for listeners who are just catching this episode, please by all means go back and catch Nate's uh, prior appearance on the show, episode thirty. Uh, it was like the end of January. Uh, yeah, I think. Oh no, it was beginning. No, of February. It was beginning, of February. beginning of February. Yeah. We're in the beginning. I've, of March I've lost now. all yeah, sense beginning, of time. It was right before. It was. Uh, it was Canacon, so it was actually middle of February. Yeah, so like, that's right. Yeah. Um. So, at any rate, um, go check that episode out. Yeah, it was a good episode. It was and fun. Then, it was my first time sitting with him, and I'm talking a little slower today because I was like, "Wow, I was really hyped up." Because we we brought up a subject that. I, you know, I, it, it kind of right? it kind of gave me anxiety. It was weird. I was like, I listened to the podcast two different times just to hear, and I'm like, you can Remember tell you. I really sped up during that story because <laughs> man, it took me like a day to kind of recover from that. Honestly, I didn't even tell you that. I was like, whew, that was some deep. Like, I kind of suppressed like how stressed out I was about that whole thing because it's been so long, and right. I don't really think about it in detail or talk about it to people because nobody, nobody that I interact with on a regular basis necessarily even cares about those kind of stories, but. To get in, you know, to kind of go back into that and relive it with you, it was kind of like, wow, I was really kind of stressed out that day. <laughs> I was like, oh, that was bad feelings and, you know, just remembering it all. But I got through it. I'm good now. A little better. Well, um, you know, you got to re-examine it for the first time in perhaps a little while. In that much detail, also. yeah. Because I've been like, oh, yeah, I got raided. That was about the extent of, like, what I would tell people if people want to care to hear. Who wants to sit for this long and yeah. hear, hear an actual story? Right, right. It's, it's kind of sad, actually, that the world's becoming like that. But here it was a platform for me to kind of – it was almost therapeutic for me because I was like, wow, I'm glad. You know, and then I realized, okay, it's, things are better now. Not amazing and perfect in California, but things are better as my dad and, and stepmom would – uh and you're on the other side of it, and you have both arms and both legs, yeah. and, and you haven't been doing a stretch, nope. you know, inside this whole time nope. uh, between then and now. Uh, nope. So a lot of things there to be grateful for. Very much so. So, you yeah. know, I, I'm struck by that um, observation, though, and I'm, I'm com- I feel compelled to take a moment to appreciate the fact that um, I guess we can say that it certainly seems to be true anyway. seems to be true that podcasting... Um, any of these content, you know, vlogs, as you pointed out, uh, um, other uh, opportunities like this to sit down where, you know, somebody is, you know, pretty likely to switch their phone to do not disturb, yeah. you know, or yeah. shove it back in their bag and sit and actually look at the person they're they're mm-hmm. sitting with. Um, and likewise, the person on the other side who maybe uh, set up that recording equipment and asked somebody to come, <laughs> I'm hopefully going to be a tiny bit more present then we would be even if we were stoked to hang out yeah, today yeah. as friends and and doing our thing and sure. we had a plan maybe we we're gonna go see Black Panther or some yeah. shit you know which I fucking wish we were haven't seen of. it yet still right yep. <laughs> I know man you do yeah I'm, I'm um, starting to feel like I'm not cool all of a sudden oh, I'm, I'm like I haven't seen loser. it I got friends I've seen it four yeah. times I'm like oh yeah. is it that good of a movie okay yeah. I did go and see Game Night the other day and that was pretty cool I haven't even heard of that it's, that's how it's, off the it's bat pretty funny, I dude. am it was like a last minute oh is that the one with Jason Bateman yeah, and them it yes, was awesome yes, yes. Yeah, I love Jason <laughs> blood yeah 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 it was great <laughs> the movie was hilarious he's so good oh, he's man. so good it was really good he's really funny I have like a fuck guy. sense of humor though so I was all about that movie so. <laughs> well and I mean every time I see him on screen I just generally uh, have a good disposition towards him because I remember the Hogan him family from, yeah from a, was was his growing pains or family no, no, ties it was, family it was, ties it was the Hogan family and he was it was in, I believe it was in Family Ties, or because he was with the, uh, what was his family? The, the, oh gosh, Jason yet. Bateman and Justine Bateman were both in the well, same Justine show. Justine Bateman was in was in Family Ties, right, with Michael Keaton. Yeah, he played the sister, but then Bateman was in was with the Hogan family. But they that was a spinoff from. I think it might have been. I don't think it was Family Ties. Though. I think and it, it was, wasn't. Uh, um, it wasn't. Um, uh, well, wait, that was Alan. Thicks. We should know this. I know we're so bad. You know, we may have smoked a little bit before we were. We absolutely too. did smoke a little bit before <laughs> disclaimer. We absolutely did. Whatever, we're doing great. This shit's recording right now. But I, I should know this. <laughs> I can see the levels on the screen. I got my notes up here. Yeah. I'm way ahead of the game right now. I don't even. But it, it, I, don't, I won't be able to. I don't need to worry about what Alan Thicke's fucking I have comedy to know, show I'm was. Sorry, man. I have to know what the, the hell that show was called because yeah, I'm going to go crazy. Means. Yeah. Um, it was we're like gonna, Valerie. Wasn't we're going to yell. We're going to yell when we get it. <laughs> but how do we not know that? We're both stoned raiders. Stoned, stoned right raiders. That's yeah, exactly. Stoned raiders. Um, oh, my God. That's so funny. Uh, so now you're like my age, right? Me? How old are you? Huh? How old are you anyway? Anyways. All right. If we're talking question. about these shows, right? <laughs> See, this guy's got to be like 40. Oh, guys. get off me, bro. I'm not 40. 
Jeez. Ah. Not that it's like bad thing to be 40, but I'm not 40. Oh, yeah? I'm holding on to my early 30s, man. Oh, <laughs> my God. I'm really trying to hold on to it. <laughs> no, I'll be, uh, I actually have a birthday coming up on the 26th of this month, and I will be 36 years old. Yes, ago. it is, yeah. So there's a good reason why you gotta yeah. look for those. Uh, I'm those, youthful, those though. Can't you tell I'm yeah. very youthful? But them shits were like in deep end reruns by the time uh, you came out. You were watching Charles in Charge and shit, because that was current uh, TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charles and, in uh, Charge. I was watching that, too, but I was a little old for it. Um, anyway, yeah, um, yeah. So, all right, there's one. Make another one. All right, he's so a our, he's a rolling Johnny over there. Man. Hey, I got it. You know, just a backup backup emergency doobie to That's the awesome. to the primary doobie. It's an auxiliary doobie. Yeah, what we call it. Um, so I wanted to, yeah, definitely uh, mention that. Yeah, ask you how old you were. Oh, ask yeah, you man. get that sort of pinpoint Nate's uh, lexicon of pop culture and influences just a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then where are you, are you originally from around here? <laughs> no, from... I am originally from Southern California. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, um, gosh, man, I've been, I really, literally, AKA never... Northern Mexico. Yeah, exactly. Northern Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> little Tijuana. Um, yeah, I grew up, so I was born in like the Santa Ana area, which is where my father's from. And then shortly after my real mom, who I must have been estranged with for, well, I'd say half more than half my life now, if I think about it clearly. Oh, wow. Um, she was in, we'll talk about her later if we talk about the religious okay. stuff. And there's, there's kind of a deeper thing there. But anyway, she, she had me moving around. Whew. I went to a different school at least at minimum two times a year from, as early as I can remember until I got to live with my dad at like 10 years old. So I never made friends anyway. <laughs> I was like constantly wow. moving. Like I'd make, finally make a friend and then, oh, we're moving. And it was just kind of crazy. And, uh, but I spent, but it was, you know, all of, it was all in California. Um, LA, as far up as LA, I lived in Pismo Beach for a time, which is beautiful for like a year. Lived up there. Then obviously work our way right back down to, uh, to Orange County again. Um, but yeah, I grew up in South Orange County, kind of by the beach areas. Okay. Um, Did you surf and do all oh, that yes. stereotypical stuff? Uh, yep, stereotypical yeah. stuff. Lived on the beach, in fact, in my uh, early 20s, which was really neat. Wow. It was fun. Um, but yeah, so I, I moved up here a few years ago now. It's been a few years. I'm okay. still haven't fully adjusted to everything. It's it's a different, you know, different kind of rat race up here than it was in Orange County, that's for sure. But definitely, you know, definitely a race of sorts. Um, the people are a little harder to connect with up here because i'm very i'm just kind of outgoing and in your face and not in a very pleasant way usually but i you know me i'm just like how's it going you know want to be friends and talk you know and people are like very kind of like oh yeah no now have you done um stand up down there as well as so i started in california okay before i moved here and then i had some personal um tragedies happen and and I had to, I won't. So life happened. Life so bad happened. stuff happened, yeah. And, and it, it, it took me, I had, you know, I was really starting to have fun with it. And then stop, I just had to stop, abort everything. And then uh, I never thought I would do it again until I was, it was made very clear that I needed to do it for mm-hmm. myself. And I always hashtag, I do it for myself because I do, I do it for myself first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then the people, and then, you know, other people second. But it's, I do it for me as, as my own ways to, uh, hash through a lot of things and you'd be surprised a lot of comedians do that in fact they have a um they have dark you know a dark part of them and they're gonna say it's therapy yeah yeah with the crowd yeah and it's in a platform i mean looking about think about this an artist any kind of an artist they have their canvas and that and they when they're when a, when a true artist is painting and getting into the zone that's them working through some shit well comedians a lot of times are also very similar because that is art still and that is our canvas it tends to sometimes it's a room full of happy go lucky people. Sometimes it's a room full of assholes who don't want to laugh, and you really got to work hard for it. But nonetheless, that's our platform, and that's why we do, a lot of us do it. You know, some people think they they want to do it because they think it's cool, and it's like you'll learn pretty quickly. It's not the cool thing. It's pretty hard and brutal sometimes to to get up there, and you know, if you go if you go bomb somewhere it's not the best feeling in the world but you know yeah i mean it greatly resembled work by the looks of what i saw <laughs> yeah, on that open mic night in terms down. of yeah people yeah. had beers or whatever next to them mm-hmm. um you know they had a libation it was in a in a bar yeah. setting um but none of those guys was wasted they were working you mm-hmm. know and they had the working mindset um 
and as we you know mentioned, there was that cool and interesting kind of school caf- high school cafeteria clicky yeah. kind of yeah know, you had the table uh, yeah. zones of different uh, groups of yeah. clumps of uh, friends who mm-hmm. are you know cohorts. I think it varies um, by age too, though. I think when you have your sure you know eighteen and twenty to twenty one year old co- comics. They tend to kind of right. Be they really need to kick it. But then, like, but then it's weird. Then it's like twenty-one and over is all like, or twenty-two and over is like all. It's twenty-two to like fifty, whatever. There it's you like, go. They all kind of one day together. Mix. There you go. Yeah. So at some point, there becomes a good, um, a good less uh, ageist sort of yeah. uh, uh, mix there. And it's all love for the most part too. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's, it's not like we don't. It's just when we're there, it's it's easier to have the. Yeah, don't let me mischaracterize the yeah. atmosphere as anything other than totally friendly. Yeah, it's, it's and happy, it wasn't yeah. like people weren't visiting one another. At no, all it's those just like either. we were. So, yeah, we just know, kind of flocked together, up, Steve. You know, no, 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 no. It's it, good, you know. you, but you make the valid point though. You know. It's like, yeah, it is, it is definitely. It's different. It's, it's a division. It superficially resembled that for a moment. Yeah, and then by the That's end all. of it, once everyone's gone up, everyone's like, oh, okay. It's like, there you it's go. like the, the there smoke is settled. We've all gone up, and yeah, like slowly the room relaxes more and more because we're all people getting their time. And slowly the room warms up. Yeah. Uh, even so, even this crowd of comics needed to be warmed up yeah. as an audience to each other. Well, yeah. You like, know, if you don't go first, you're not really watching anybody. You're focusing you on go. your stuff over and over there again. There you go. So I always, uh, when I first was doing, it, I was like, oh, I don't like going first. Now, if I'm like, you know what, I'll go first. <laughs> I want to go get, get my it stuff out done, of the way. and then I want to sit back and relax and right. enjoy. Totally. Whatever's gonna happen. Totally. So awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, sacrificial lamb quite often. <laughs> um. So you've been back up here since when exactly then? 2000. We got to be precise here, you know. It's just for right. the record. No, it's, yeah. Gosh, dang man, it's been 2012. There you go. I think 2012. Okay. Okay. So it's been, you know. So you're doing the Northwest thing, right? Yeah. Now. First couple of years, a I, had a, heart, I had a flannel thing. Yeah, I had a construction kind. company, there which is what was, you know, paying okay. the bills, and it was doing, you know, I was kind of, I, tr- I brought it up here from California, and it took about a year or so, probably about two years to get it really up and running, and it, and I got it to a good point, and then I actually sold it, and. Oh, yeah. Now I'm able to focus on comedy because <laughs> I can chill for a minute and not have to work 20 hours a freaking day. So I get to do what kind of what I want to do right now for the most part. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, but you better get popular fast. I need to. So yeah, because that, that money. Yeah, I'm watching. I'm watching work, the money right? go. No, I still. No, I do home inspections. <laughs> that was a thing. So, I, it's funny. Like, oh, that's uh, a good vocation. Yeah, inspect today. Remember we talked about this. And, oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Inspectante. It's uh. It's it's. I don't know why I didn't get into it before. Let's just put that out there. I don't know why I didn't get into it before because huh. a few hours of me giving opinions. Oh, very interesting. And I'm protected by so many like technicalities I friend, that I can't get I have sued. a friend who does that as well, a uh, old mountain bike buddy. Um, I think it's Neil Strobel. No, is it Luke Strobel? One of the Strobels does it. Home Sounds inspection. familiar. I think it's Neil. This is the home inspection. Uh, yeah. And it's cool because he actually <laughs> so well. So and what he does is he he uses a few tools to show like. Um, like major insulation leaks yep. in a house yeah. or damage. Poke, we you poke know, and prod things. a little bit, and we take temperatures. Yeah. And so he's kind of a nerd, and he kind of geeks out on that yeah. end of it. So maybe he does a little bit more of it than some guys. I yeah. know certainly our home inspector didn't find a lot here when we did our game, sure. but he did have some shit. Yeah, well yeah, they always he had do. a little kit. You'll find something. He had a little too. kit. Yeah. you know what I mean. Um, and I'm re- I'm reaching back in my memory just a little ways now because we've been here since. Uh, Late 08 in this house, so it's been a minute since I had, yeah. you know, seen, even seen a home inspector. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely changing. We, I we, should have you inspect my home. Hey, I'll do I it, man. Really I got our stuff in the car right now. You probably already stuff. accidentally inspected half of it. Yeah. Just walking through this place. It's natural, like, oh, yeah. It's a mess. It's like a curse. They, they, got, got, a black, they got the oh, black mold. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. <laughs> There's no okay. black mold here, people. No. Well, there probably is, actually. I'm sure I'd say in the attic, if anything, some. you might have some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, grow rooms do cause tons of it. Do they? Oh, yeah. All the moisture. Interesting. All the stagnant sure, moisture, course, yeah. If you're not having proper ventilation. Yeah, that, no, a lot of the grows around here get plagued with that. It's true, man. So, it's, it's uh, well, I think in their case, you got to be on top of your environment, mm-hmm. and then you have to uh, really clean the room between... Uh, resets and I'm sure you have to stay on top of your filter. It's that filter water rotation. too, though. If you're not, if you don't have a good drainage, if you're not sure. constantly changing that sure. water, sure, that stagnant water just mm-hmm. it's weird. It's gross. Mm-hmm. But well, and that's a matter of are you overwatering? Yeah, too. Some people are too. Yeah. So yeah, no. Well, it's a you know when in doubt flush it out kind of thing. Sometimes mm-hmm. happens too. So uh, anyway, all right. So let's see here. What was I going to think? All right. So you know what? The, so the fun thing, the fun thing, I think that. Um, we wanted to focus on today, though, that I wanted to begin to ask you about because um, it is cool, and we touched on it 
only in like the briefest of uh, side mentions last time. Sure. So you used to fight. I did. All right. Uh, first, Nate's a pretty big love. dude. He's, my first you know, love. <laughs> he's got a good crusher of a handshake, and and uh, recently you know, he's a you know probably six three, six four, right? Yeah. He's a big dude. So you know, uh, so you used to fight. I did. Um, and when we were talking fight, we're talking mixed martial arts. Um, whether we you, we used to call that UFC back in the early yeah, days, call, yeah, right? it was, it was that like days, right? timeless branding. It's like you know, oh, man. what is it like Band Aid? Like ultimate fighting yeah. championship. Yeah, the ultimate UFC. fighting championship. Damn, dude. They, yeah. were, they were going for that shit. They were. So I, okay, so. Those were just... battles to the death, by the way. Yes, UFC. exactly. As far as people who didn't know. <laughs> oh, it's human cockfighting. I'm like, no, we're not killing. Somebody does get up. It's very seldom somebody yeah. has an in-ring fatality. It doesn't really. Uh, yeah, Boxers yeah, get yeah. fucked up. R.I.P. Kimbo Slice. Yes. Kevin Ferguson. And so many others. I know. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot. There's um, a, lot. I have a few of my close friends that oh, ended yeah, up dying. Yeah, it's yeah. really sad, so. Um, and you know, I don't think like, so in the case of like Kimbo, he died of a heart attack or something yeah, like just, just a random just thing. Bum ticker. So, um, absolutely. It's the bum uh, ticker. So, uh, so this is really interesting. So, so not UFC, right? Post UFC no. era, uh, we're in, what do we, what is like the sanctioning bodies that, uh, people, you know, fight under the auspices of these days? It's athletic commissions. So okay. you have every, the states that have athletic commissions, which most of them do at this point now, <clears throat> um, you have to do it under them unless you're on an Indian reservation, which is why Emerald Queen Casino has so many events because they don't have to – as far as I know, it's an Indian reservation, so they don't have to deal with – But are those just considered like exhibition bouts no, at that no, point? They're, or, they're professional. And so people are able to record them in their yeah. normal um, you okay. know, win-loss record, et cetera, yeah. and then use that as some sort of case for title you know, contention it's, in it's some a little cases, more. It's a little more funky you. than that. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll give a backstory. I'll I'll start because my backstory ties into what it is now. So I'm, man, I started training. I was always. Yeah, did you come up doing karate and shit as a little? I kid did a little bit of that. that. I did a little bit of the chop sake stuff, and I, uh, it was fun. I started wrestling because I was never much for team sports. Believe it. I got that over here. Here we go. <sighs> Take a little drig drag. Oh, yeah, we sparked that um, joint number one. It's like a baseball bat. Well, I got that count. It's that fucking big roller. So, yeah, I was not good at, despite my how tall I am, I was hot dog shit at basketball. Um, it's colorful. And it's funny, my my, my dad, he's still athletic. He was he got drafted out of high school to play for the Mariners, mm-hmm. small world. Mm-hmm. To play Holy for, shit. Yes, yeah, so he went to their farming system. Damn. I think it was in Arizona at the time. I don't remember the details. Yeah, they've been there a long time. So it is in Arizona. Okay, I lived yeah. in uh, Scottsdale and Mesa and stuff, and, of course, their training camp has been there since the – you know, well, I was there a long, long time before I yeah. got there in the nineties. That's for okay. damn sure. What am I talking about? They've been, they've been, they've been there. Okay, so it was in Arizona, and he, um, right out of high school too, and so did my uncles, his brothers. Um, my uncle Rudy was a left-handed pitcher, could throw a screwball, and nice. Um, my uncle Steve, rest in peace. He was, um, he was also a professional boxer. So athletics were in the family. Um, but is your dad bigger? He's about six three, okay. six two. He's okay, tall enough. Okay. We're, we're the taller Mexicans. Mm-hmm. My uncles weren't, aren't, but yeah, somehow my dad and I both. <laughs> got tall, the tall mm-hmm. gene. Mm-hmm. My mom was, my real mom's tall too. Um, so that was the sport that I, I wanted to be good at so badly was baseball because I got to live with them when I was like 10, 10 or 11. I didn't really know him. I didn't get to see him very often, didn't know him that well, truthfully. Um, mm-hmm. And I tried really hard, but I never got to do it as a young, as, you know, baseball, you got to get into that young if you want to be good at it, you know. You gotta Crazy get bunch of really specific skills that you have to really, really excel Early at. on, it helps. This is a sport they literally count your errors in. Yeah. It's a statistical category that yes. matters. Bizarre. <laughs> you know? And we were, we, we lived in, in, in the more Mexican side of Santa Ana, but it, I went, I started going to school where my stepmom's from, which is a richer white area, and he signed me up in Little League in that area. Where all those rich white kids were doing like camps, like you know, camps okay. straight up. So I was already screwed. I was just, I was playing, I was always playing with like kids who were a grade younger than me. I didn't get to go to like the major leagues, what they call it. You know, there's triple A, single A. They had that. Right. I was always like, a, a, you know, for years I was with the younger kids, hmm. and, and I still sucked. But then finally I started getting good, and then all of a sudden I started putting it together. Finally, you know, <laughs> your clinic was playing with them, dude. Yeah, the it, regular way. Exactly. Yeah, and then. All of a sudden, I'm going to baseball most... science university yeah. every summer. Yeah. Fuck. 
So I, I was tall, and my dad said, "Okay, well, you're tall like me. Let's let's, let's get you. You can't. I couldn't run for shit because my dad was an outfielder. He, somehow, I don't know how that worked. He was a good runner too. I was not a good runner. I was tall and gangly, but he said, "Well, let's teach you how to play first base because that's a guarantee if you want to, you know." So I learned how to play first base really well, and then I. But what, what fucked me over was I was with like younger kids, and I was like the most valuable hitter. And then he's like, well, "We're gonna jump you up to pony leagues," and I was like, "Well, Dad, I'm playing with like junior high kids." And the Pony League is when you have some, like, freshmen in high school or mm-hmm. little older kids. You know, the metal spikes. I was All I cared about was wearing the metal cleats. I was super excited about that because I got to get the plastic one. Nice, nice, nice. And I, last, and I was horrible. These kids were throwing, like, 75 miles an hour. And I don't know. That may not sound fast if you watch MLB baseball, but take right. your ass to a fucking batting yeah, cage. Yeah, go right ahead now. and let one of those yeah. kids. Try to, yeah. Let some young squid who's throwing a 75-mile-an-hour yeah. pitch. Yeah. At you, yeah. and just try not to like squirm yeah. away and cringe. Go to a batting cage today, yeah. and go to like seventy. Yeah, miles let a machine hour. do it. Exactly. See, see how you like it. It's fucking uh, fast because I love dude. batting cages. And it's stuff fast, like that. bro. Um, that but fast. you're absolutely right. Like I, I actually am such a uh, lightweight these days that it's kind of fun to go to the softball. Pit yeah, and just clip it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's great. Side note: My dad can still go and hit like ninety miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like my back hurt. I'm like, yeah, I'm aye, sure it hurts, aye. Dad. What's wrong with you? Oh my God. But anyways, so I was never much for sport. I just I didn't excel in it in sports, unfortunately. And then wrestling came, and for some reason I sucked at that too because I was so tall and gangly once again, not athletic. And I got my ass kicked over and over and over again. And and for whatever reason I never really excelled at that, but I always loved it. So I, I had a heart. I would go. I would. I just. I had. I would lose matches, but I'd be fighting to the death. You know, I, I got teched, which means you lose on points more than I got pinned because I just wouldn't. I had just so much heart. Just not the skill to, to back it up. And then I dropped out of high school when I was a sophomore, and I just stopped going. I didn't really – I was, you know, making bad choices and whatnot. And got into the drugs things like a lot of kids do, and I was smoking crystal meth. And, yeah, I was living with a – I, I was 17, and I had a girlfriend who was like 20. And I, I never was, smoked that stuff, but I, I yeah, did it this way. None of know? it's good. None yeah, of it's no. good. Yeah, none of it's good. No. And, uh, so I broke up with the girl and I was pretty much, I was kind of homeless for a minute there. And then, uh, holy shit. And there was an old school UFC champion who I grew up, and I was watched UFC, the UFC ultimate fighting champ, you know, mm-hmm. and his name is Marco Huas and he won one of the tournament formats of it. And he's a big, badass Brazilian dude. First guy to use like he fought historical fight he was like the david and goliath guy he he stopped this guy paul varlins who was like huge and he stopped him with leg kicks he just kicked him in the leg over and over again and the guy finally collapsed so anyhow that guy opened up a school and i'm like holy shit i know that guy is that's crazy and the ufc it wasn't anything it was it was still banned it was you know people were trying to shut it down still and pride had just yeah, started it was, see people don't remember that nowadays that that sport you know really had a rocky start yeah uh i think Very people rocky. were unaccustomed to seeing that type of fighting anybody um, who's 20 years old and into it or watches it has no clue what we had to go through for that sport they yeah. have no idea yeah. it, it drives me crazy sometimes i mean it was banned in a lot of areas most areas uh, yeah. it only was able to go down in some cases on those reservations and things yeah. that we're talking about earlier so well, and you'll hear underground we don't mean we're under the ground we mean underground as you hear that term thrown around loosely in mm-hmm. some chat rooms or conversations and all the underground fighting it's like it wasn't like you went underground and fought it was just it wasn't under a sanctioning body. So we call it, you know, reservations or in some cases I remember um, movie studios would get rented out, giant movie studio hangers and then we'd put the cage and put the chairs and wow, yeah man. It was it was pretty cool. It was Oh, it's so like a sound stage hangar, one yep. of those type scenes. Yep. Good lighting, you know. So a, private property and could yeah. be converted for an event like that. Yep, there was always pre there was always like a predetermined results card in case the cops ever came, but you know, Oh, wow. happens sometimes. So then you're like, this is entertainment. Yeah. I, I, in fact, I'll tell you a story. A couple that happened to That's me. It's incredible. Was, I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was gnarly, man. It was, it's just like the medical marijuana situations in California, man. It was like the, they, they needed to get a piece of it. California, this is what this, MMA and California have very deep rooted things. People always think Vegas. No, California is where it really got mm. its launching pad. Like mm. anybody will tell you when the UFC started getting popular again, um, we'll call it the dark ages when, um, it was SEG sports had bought it off of, well, I mean, it got started, it technically got started by, um, by the, one of the Gracie family members, in fact, okay. Hoyan yeah. Gracie. 
So he so it got acquired by like Art Davies and and you know for so on and so forth. But then it became SCG, and then SCG sold it to Zuffa, and we didn't nobody knew like Zuffa was with the Fertitta brothers who just sold it recently. So Zuffa. okay, and they were the ones to incorporate like a little more of the walkout entrances and add more of the light shows and stuff like that, okay. and it started becoming still pretty much only popular amongst like people who were doing jujitsu or MMA. You mm-hmm. know, it still had a small enough fan base, but it was starting to get bigger numbers on pay per view. Somewhat. Um, that's when Tito Ortiz was the champion. He was the biggest yep. thing yep. at the time. Okay. And so, anyways, I um, I was training. You know, I never really, th- I didn't know if I was, I wanted to fight. I knew I wanted to be a fighter. I was, you know, because I got picked on a lot as a kid and I was angry and I was like, you know, I just want to learn how to do this for a lot of bad reasons. But I started training and I started getting good. It took a few years to getting good at the shit, at jiu-jitsu particularly. So did your trainers in any way worry about, um, that component or did they trust that their training would lead you to a place of like enough respect for yourself and what I, you were capable of that you would at some point begin to like temper it, it, your it own It depends behavior. on who I was training with at the time. Okay. Because it wasn't right? any, and it was never the same. Like, are they senseis or are they just like, yeah, kid, come on in. We'll yeah. teach you how to fuck people up. You yeah. Know? I mean, at the time, um, yeah, at the time it was know. business. They, they needed money. They okay. were trying to Fair make, enough. make money. Fair enough. So. And you had, you were paying, you were paying for your lessons. Yeah. That's what I Paying for your lessons. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had decided, I had been training. Whereas, for, in contrast yeah. to like, you didn't have an in at the club. It wasn't your dad's exactly. club. It nope. wasn't anything like that. You're just, yeah. You actually just had to seek this opportunity out yeah. to begin and training. Interesting. I always, well, your dad, your dad wasn't fighting? Not yet. At no, that point no, no. So I got him into it. I did. Whoa. So. Him and I had a lot of problems just because I was I, had, I resented him a lot for a lot of things and he knows about all of it but we're good now but um, I thought it would be smart to go sign myself up to fight. There was a a small show called Cage Combat that so many former champions in the UFC had fought in, and a guy Kaja Patchell he was um, he was kind of a goofball but he he was the actual octagon originator apparently he he oh. had designed in it, he had designed the octagon before the UFC had used it apparently. And he was putting these shows on for a long time, and it was at a it was at a restaurant, mm-hmm. and it was super illegal. But he oh, he, he wow. did it for years. He, there's still clips on YouTube. It, there was a, there was like a news special on it, like the local news station did like a whole like thing on it. It was funny, but it was a really crappy cage, and you know he paid us with food, chicken and rice was the way you get paid. And it know. was an octagon. It was an octagon, and it and was, it was in the like center of the this restaurant. Yeah, and, oh. they, and he would, and then he he would eventually That's some Thunderdome shit, dude. It was cool. It was neat, and I was like, and this so, was cage fighting at the yeah, time. Too. Yeah, it was cage fighting. Yeah, in the cage. Now these rules were he made it because he didn't want to deal with medical. We weren't allowed to use closed fists or elbows. Interesting. Everything else is pretty much okay. You can palm strike and knees, you know, knees. Yeah, it was really weird. Not knees to the ground, but you can knee people and stuff like that. So. I said, I said, I'm going to go do it. And I got there. I said, Hey, I'm 17. You know, I'm a kid still. I just, I just got off. I had been clean from drugs for like six months and I've been training for about, you know, five and a half of those months I had been training. So I thought I knew enough to go fight, you know? And, uh, they go, I go, I'm only 17 and I can get a waiver. If I need to, oh no, it's fine. Come 17. on, I've been fighting for five minutes. Yeah, they said, so, come, come on in. I was like, do I need to have my dad? And I wasn't really tight with my dad, but I'm like, shit. Like, what if I have to have him sign this right. thing? Like, I have to go talk to my dad. I didn't want to like even talk to him. I was so mad at him for some other shit. And he's like, no, man, come on down, kid. And he's like, I got, a, I got a 17 year old for you. And I was like, oh, sweet. I was like, all right, this shouldn't be that big of a deal. So I get there, and uh, I was such a scrawny fucking kid too. Um, they bring up, they bring up the. Uh, my opponent to meet up with him and dude had a beard and like a hairy chest. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no way that guy's 17 years old. 37. No, he <laughs> showed me his day. He was 17. It turned wow. out his name. He became, um, very well decorated in the UFC and Bellator, Carl Parisian. And he was, uh, he's an Armenian guy. All right. Cool. All right, Carl. <laughs> and I'm Caro. And I was Caro. like, okay. And I didn't know who he was. And, right. but I recognized his, Coach Gokor Tavichian. I'm like, that's Gokor Tavichian. He's like one of Judo Gene LaBelle's main guy. He's like a full on, like serious Judo player. And I was like, this, okay. But he's still a skinny kid with, a, you know, I should be able to hang with this kid. And he fucked me up, dude. He beat me in like 25 seconds. It was wow. bizarre. So he's like a, he was a junior Olympics Judo champion. So he threw me and knocked the wind completely out. I went and grabbed him. He just fucking threw me and, and, and took all the wind out of me. Like, 
<laughs> like, and then he like put me like in a footlock. It was he like did some crazy. I didn't even it was insane. He fought another guy that night, and a grown man out of the audience that night and beat him. Like he did that. That was a thing he was doing. He would fight two guys in one night and fucking grown ups whatever. He'd smoke them at seventeen years old. He wow. was a fucking badass dude. <laughs> and um, so that was my first thing. I said, okay, I need to go reestablish the situation. Oh, maybe so. Yeah, that was a great. Um... Great introduction, because he didn't, it, presumably he didn't injure you that night. No, he just, he just whooped your he ass. He just humbled me up just real quick. He painted the floor with and, you. And he wasn't any bigger than me either. The thing, he just <laughs> was like, that dude's strong. <laughs> like, he fucking kid kicked my ass. Like, I thought I was going to fight a grown man. And I was like, okay, I was getting mentally prepared for it. And then I see this, I got, he looked like a man, but he was a kid. I was like, okay, this is, I kind of like took it lightly, I think. Right, maybe. even better. You're like, great. Oh yeah, man, they didn't almost... outmatch me ridiculously. At all. No, it my, did. Yeah, you I'm were not totally af- outmatched. I'm not afraid of a fucking other In fact, he was like a sleeper in the building that, Dude, at any given time. Beat the shit out of the other guy he fought too. He just wow. slapped the shit out of <laughs> The guy gave up. Um, so I went, and re- I went and reassessed <laughs> my life. I go, should I, should I be doing this? And then I changed. I said, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go focus on just the submission wrestling, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. I'm going to learn that because mm-hmm. that's what I just got whooped on basically was mm-hmm. that I was like trying to kickbox and stuff. I'm not going to kickbox anybody who can take me down. It's not going to work. Right. So I went and started training at a uh, jiu-jitsu school and was garbage at that too. But I eventually got good at it. I got very good at it. And then I got my dad. My dad got involved with me at the same time. It was kind of a bonding situation for us to make up for some lost time and some issues just to kind of bring us together and his uncle or his brother my uncle steve passed away in a pretty tragic accident so he was having a really hard time and and it it he'll tell everybody it, it saved like brazilian jiu-jitsu saved his life me it was just hey i, I mean it kind of did but i was more like i want to fight like i want to do this for a living mm-hmm. for him it saved his life it kept him he was super depressed because his brother his older brother took care of him was heavily involved in the gangs, stuff like that, and nobody fucked with my dad because of my Uncle Steve. So it was hard okay. for that to happen, you know, like mm-hmm. person who backed him up his whole life, you know. He said he was an asshole at one point because he knew nobody would fuck with him, but at the same time, that was a hard time for him. So he uh, he just he never stopped training, man. The dude, ne- I said it last podcast, the dude never stopped training. I've took time off and on, and you know, <laughs> I've, I, I keep sharp still, but I, I don't say you better get back to it. No, I, I keep sharp still. Man's I mean, gonna whoop your butt. Oh, he he can get me now. It's not even it's a thing. He's like he's like competition ready right now too. He's so, like nonstop. Like you know, I I I think when I hear that story, I think to myself, well, I imagine he had already observed you. Yeah make a one of the first if not the first consciously really healthy decision that you had for yourself yeah. in perhaps a long long time mm-hmm. maybe he saw you in even a little different light than you saw yourself and yeah. where you were at being your father right you know um and so maybe as far as he's concerned it did indeed save your life too perhaps ever in a so way. more subtly yeah different um, in a different way and you know that's a cool thing. It is very awesome. cool, and it, so and it was credit, good. Credit to you. Credit it is. To, it, to we him needed it. Well, him and him and I know? both needed it, needed that at the time, and um, I ended up moving moving out anyways. Not you know about a year and a half after that. So we trained together religiously for a couple of years. In that process, I had an accident and broke both my arms. And the guy we were training with at the time wouldn't let me come back into school. Whoa, was that a fighting accident? No, 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 no. I was. I fell off a ladder, broke my fucking arms. Holy shit! <laughs> so I was double casted. And, Damn. uh, the, the instructor at the time wouldn't let me in the, in the school to train. I did them a few years apart, but I've done both my lower yeah, legs. Ridiculous. So dude. it's gnarly. Broken it bones fucking suck. Uh, Anybody who hasn't done that, don't break any don't of your break bones anything. under any circumstances. Be it careful. is bullshit. Drink lots of milk if right? you can handle it. I don't even know if that's good for you. No, they no. say it's like not even as good no, for you. No, I know. Bones take calcium. They, Just take calcium. As, you know? Yeah. So anyway. So I, uh, I couldn't train and I was going bananas, dude. I was like, this is not mm-hmm. okay. I was like, I was, you know, sat up not doing anything. I was going, I was calling out of my skin literally. Everybody, all the people I knew that, that I trained with were having, going to train. So finally I said, all right, fuck this. So I put mats in my garage, in our garage at the house that we lived in, my dad's garage. He had a two car garage. We put wrestling mats down and I just had to have friends come over and it's like, I need to just, you guys are not going to have a lot of fun at first, but I'm going to teach you this stuff. Here's the deal. I'm going to teach you guys for free because I was, you know, I was only, uh, I was, you know, I've only been doing it for about a year and a half solid. and But I knew it, after six months, you could pretty much whip anybody's ass who hasn't done it anyway. So I had him come over and I started, I had casts in my arms. I would put towels around so I didn't scratch my friends up and tape towels around them. And so I was, you're still casting Yeah, at this just point. at the elbow. So I could bend my arms at this point, which is good. At first, I couldn't do shit. It was up to my shoulders, both arms. But so I started teaching 
what I knew, what I was good at. And then we just kept, I had like six or seven of my friends that were, and they went and bought competition kimonos. They, and then by the time everything I got to go, I was allowed to go to the school to train. I had gotten so much better because I was teaching. I got like really good from teaching. I was like, wow, that's the secret. If you want to get into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, go teach people because it makes you break things down in a slower way. And then I had these like soldiers coming with me to the school. So we had all these extra people and it was a really, you know, short lived, but fun time. And then I, um, I started getting really good at jujitsu, but then I was like, you know, I want to fight still. Like my, the point of this is I want to go fight. Okay. And I felt like I was ready. Like I was definitely, I knew I was ready. Like I was like, okay, I'm, my jujitsu game is on point and I'm so, so it's striking. So I went and found another person to train with who, um, Oh, who was teaching? He had just left his place and he was getting his own thing going. And his name's um, Mike, the Joker Guyman. He fought in the UFC and the IFL and a lot of other big shows. And and we started training together. He didn't, he had me and one other guy, but I just knew that he had he had fought at least. So mm-hmm. I was like, I want to hang with this guy. Mm-hmm. And he was really he would kick the shit out of me. So mm-hmm. that was how I right thought. demonstrably better than you. Yeah. So good big enough time, to train yeah. you for now. It worked for me. There you yeah, go. And, and then figured if I could take the beatings this guy gives me, and I was there every day with him, just letting him whoop on me. I was like, no one's going to face me. And did me. he have a little bit of a method, a teaching oh, he method was, where well, he, he had some he's, he's he had some shit he's, he's that he wanted to do? He is a technician. There you go. Absolutely. So it worked out for him. He worked out. He would work out stuff on me. I'm like, yep, that really hurts. Thanks a lot, dude. You're definitely oh, I would totally lose in a yep, real yep, fight I'm too. Fucking, I'm going to feel that one for a week. So yeah, good stuff, man. Keep that in the book, and, and you know, keep that down in the books. Um, and then, uh, yeah, yeah. But, so then we all of a sudden, I, I recruited a lot of people, uh, more people. Hey, come train here, come train here. And so I got a bunch of people in there to train, and it was, it was pretty cool. We had like 20 people at one point, I think. And then about five of us all wanted to fight. We had a heavyweight, we had me, we had a lightweight, we had like five guys that really wanted to fight, mm-hmm. like. So I reached out to um, a guy named Mark Hall who had fought in the old school UFCs, and he had, he had been putting on shows for a while too, kind of a pioneer guy to get just to get people to, to get some experience out. He put these events on down in, in the, at the casinos, and he's like, you know, he's like, I haven't done it in years, but he's like, I was actually going to do it again. I said, well, I got me, and then you know, four other of my guys. Why don't you find a local group and we'll do like a our gym versus their gym, and then you can have you can sell your tickets and do whatever. And he did it, and he and he, he had a small. This is my first professional fight, man. It was a small little venue. There might have been 200 people there. So when you say our gym versus their gym. It was gym. like our guys versus – he found some local guys from out there who had a gym also that wanted to fight. So okay, yeah. match stuff weight-wise, click us together, right. and we'll do it. So it really was yeah, like, it was like this gym, gym versus yeah. that yeah, gym. Yeah, and he, he kind of marketed war. it that so way. So some karate kid shit. It was pretty cool, man. Yeah, it was neat. And he, and he had a bullshit, super man. tiny – I remember the cage was so tiny, too. Like, oh, my God. My long legs, dude, we were in there you know, with my coach, and he was like, damn, he's like, you need to go touch gloves. You're going to have like three steps. You're already across the cage, man. So there's no running. <laughs> You're, you know, we made sure wow. everybody – you ready for this. Like this is what we practiced for for the last year. Like, are you ready? Or six months or whatever. Like, let's go. And we all, we cleaned house. Like our team cleaned house. Wow. Like it was my first, I remember I was such an extra bitch about it. I like got a crazy haircut. I like shaved like cornrows in my head and oh, what a horror. showed up with fucking big old glasses on. Oh, I was being all flashy God. at this fucking little thing. And, um, I went out and I saw the guy I was fighting and we actually were kind of buddies still mm-hmm. to this day. We, we always got along afterwards. We almost, we almost had a rematch just to, just to, for shits and giggles, but. He was a tough little Mexican wrestler dude, and I was mm-hmm. like, "All right, he's a little stocky little motherfucker. It's gonna be a good fight, man." And mm-hmm. and I was all arrogant, went out there, and I went out there all calm, and he fucking stole on me. He was like, "Oh, motherfucker, he cracked me." Good. He like woke, it woke me up because I was good. like, "Oh, oh yeah, this is a fight. This isn't a show, man." And I I clinched him, and then he just he slammed me down, and then I I think I elbowed him twice, and I threw him in an armbar, and I fucked his arm up really. I felt I feel bad now because him and I are like buddies now, but. I, I got him in a nasty armbar quick, cause, mm-hmm. and I just I just hyperextended his arm completely. He oh, couldn't even Jesus. tap because I had his other arm trapped. So he had to scream basically, and I heard the snap of his arm. And, uh, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah, so yeah. I beat him in 38 seconds, I think. It was uh, a quick lived yeah, thing. Yeah. So all Pulled that his stress, arm off. Yeah. Then made friends with him afterwards Big somehow. Time. Oh yeah. my god. Uh, but that was so that was that, and then I hope you brought that man flowers. No, me and that guy became friends. <laughs> Ibra Salcido, you're my homie still, man. Right, I, I love I, for you, bro. Yeah, that's that's tough, man. You know when you're going in there that uh, it's going to happen. Uh, you know, uh, not 
probably to everybody uh, that goes in there that night, but it's probably going to happen to one person a night by sheer mishap. It just um, shit goes down, man. You know, yeah. exactly. Uh, something like that. And I guess what I'm saying is like the hospital ride. Yep, you know, that, yep. Like, oh, this is not like this guy's done <laughs> for the season, you know, whatever, no, you we, know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we, we yeah, cleaned yeah, house terrible. and then it was the rest. That was the start of I'm it. I'm not trying to do that shit. Tell you that. Oh, no, it's not. I don't no. have it. People no. always ask me, oh, I want to do it. I'm like, dude, do something else, man. <laughs> do something else. Mm-hmm. Dude. I'm do some yoga. Yeah, I'm go do something constructive. This isn't good for your body. So, anyways, that Violet. was that was the uh, entry to right? the to that world of, and I saw so officially that was my first professional fight. I was super excited wow. about it. Okay, so that was considered a professional bout too. Okay. Yeah, you get paid, man. And, you get paid, and yeah, okay. So then you start counting them, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, how far did this go? Like, yeah, not as far as I as I wanted to, not as far as it could have, and okay. but far enough that I am still okay with what I where I went with it. Okay. I, I didn't go huge I, I stuck in the smaller circuits um but what made me okay with it was that i was doing it with guys that did make it far so we took that journey together mm-hmm. i got off the bus and they kept going mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know um like carl the guy who beat me when we were kids he he fought in the ufc he was the number one contender i mean it's a bad dude man <laughs> it's a bad dude he you know um so many guys that i that i was up you know in the in, in those shows with went on to ultimate fighter Fucking pride. I mean, I I got everything I wanted out of it ultimately. Um, And for me, I'm one of the few in the world that can say that I've literally done everything there is to do in that sport. I've I've fought, I've coached, I've managed, I've refereed, I've promoted. I was gonna say promoted. I've done commentary. I've done analyst stuff. Hmm. You know, so I've literally been on all fronts of that whole thing. I've you know and, and. so that, granted, I didn't get to go to the UFC or, or the big bus, but it doesn't matter. You know, it's it wasn't as easy back then mm-hmm. either to get into the UFC. It was very hard back then. That was why. Mm-hmm. Now they have they have shows every freaking week. Mm-hmm. It's insane, and they're many, paying everybody many, good many money. Events, now. Many events everywhere, right? Many At events. all times. Yeah, they'll have two events in a weekend because they'll be in different states. But they have that. They have the ways and means to do it now. Yeah, I was so, going to say they'd probably make a fair bit of money doing it. Oh too, man, so. and, and so that, that's the one thing I'm kind of bummed about. But at the same time, it's like. You know, even if I had the ability now, I don't have that kind of drive. I don't, I don't have the anger I used to have. I used that was when I stopped too. I was like, I can't even get mad right now. I got I had this like weird thing happen where I was like, you know, training is where we get hurt, and training is where everything happens. The fights are so short lived. Interesting. Yeah, the, I never got hurt in a fight. I got hurt training. You know, mm. and uh, I just says, you know what, man, it's it's okay. It's all good. And then I've always made people laugh for whatever reason. Just because I'm a goofball, mm-hmm. and when I'm more, when I, the more nervous I am, the more goofy I am. So at the fights, I'd be all nervous, but I'd be cracking jokes and stuff. Did you get injured? Is that what started to? It started. I started. Yeah, I had I had or... knee surgery, and then I had time off from that, and then I, you know, started running amok Newport Beach at 21 years old. Okay. <laughs> yeah, told you about that last time getting. Into so here we are, about four years later from your first um, underground yeah. bout. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a couple years after your first professional yep. bout, mm-hmm. okay. And then I I do that for a little bit, and then I just start running amok, and you know I I didn't have so fair to say uh, like nightlife socializing. Well, I was, ladies I was were more fun than way fighting fun. at that point. Way more fun than yeah, way more fun. But not necessarily a good thing either. <laughs> it is what it is. But you know I got to meet a lot of cool people a lot of weird celebrities and pretty interesting stuff i got to experience was that when you transitioned into some of the uh like personal yeah, security yeah. work and stuff like exactly that at right. that time mm-hmm. okay i spent an evening with phil Spector. oh my gosh yeah that's for another podcast i know that, who he is yeah I, I know that's for another podcast we'll talk about that, that hair okay everyone we're gonna cut it right there for today uh we'll pick it back up in just a couple of days with Nate finishing a short little reminisce about uh, the enigmatic and uh, disgraced former music industry icon, Phil Spector. That's only a couple of minutes of the next episode, and then we get back on track and move right along with a little bit more fun stuff about Nate and his background. I wanted to... uh, I'm going to skip like the... Big full pitch. Find me on Instagram. Find my stuff on Tee Public. Buy a t-shirt. Buy a mug. Buy some stickers. 
Oh my goodness, a couple of bucks spent there, a couple of bucks from every single purchase goes straight back to us, and we can use that to help improve the show. We're always trying to do that for you, and we deeply, deeply appreciate any little bit of support. Frankly, it would just be thrilling to see somebody using our stuff out there. Uh, on behalf of Nate, I want to thank everybody for listening as well. I want to shout out a couple of his friends. Um, these are some Instagram accounts that uh, you can go check out and follow. Friends of Nate, some of them are entertainers. Um, and uh, one of them is a fellow podcaster. We've got at LiveWireLive underscore GP. We have Nate's friend Jeremy Jackson at at Jeremy Jackson Fitness. Then a, another friend who I want to say is a cannabis industry uh, or cannabis uh, lifestyle personality at the dot diamond dot duchess on Instagram. Then also we have at Orphan underscore powered underscore death underscore machine. That's orphan powered death machine. You know I'm following that weird ass account. <laughs> um, Monica Nevi. That is at Monica N E V I on Instagram. And finally, a cool podcast that I just have uh, recently become aware of, uh, thanks to my friend Nate, and have listened to the last couple, uh, most recent episodes of in the last couple of days, and it is totally, totally my wheelhouse, right to, up my alley. That is That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens podcast, and those ladies are super funny. Their Instagram account handle is at That One Time I Was Abducted. Thanks, everybody, as always, for listening to the show. I'll get part two out to you in just a couple of days. I'm going to throw a little um, monologue content in front of that conversation as well. So we'll do our best to, you know, make that about another hour's worth of content as well. Uh, all right, that's it. I'm going to pack a freshie. You know it's going to be Indica. I'm going to smoke it. And then I'm going to go do a whole bunch of shit anyway. I really hope you do the same.